Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Today we're going to be joined by Mike Clay, uh, one of the organizers, one of the people that heavily involved with one of the most well-known and well-attended events in the United States. And I have to, from my personal perspective, one of the most fun events that go on each year, which is Mustang Week in Myrtle Beach. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, I, I wanted to just hopefully just maybe take a little tour of how Mustang Week came about. Uh, some of your team members who are obviously uh, you, you can't do it by yourself. There's just you know, right. and so you've got a you've got a group of guys that have put this on. But again, Mustang Week has become just a staple. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure people even probably figure out their vacations around Mustang Week. They do. Um, you know, Mustang Week could not happen without the volunteers, and we got a good support team of everybody, you know, that helped us put on the car show. Uh, the t-shirt sale team, all those guys, this event could not happen without them. Um, you know, they mean so much to us. Uh, basically, these guys get out there and bust their butt for some pizza, a t-shirt, uh, and a thank you. They're the guys that deserve a big round of applause when all this ends. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I know. I understand that. I Believe me, I, I do. I know that without the, without the volunteers, they're, they're the backbone of the event. Nothing really happens the way you anticipate it without the volunteers. But I want to kind of go back a little bit and just kind of what what started Mustang Week? How did that come about? What how you've been doing it for over twenty years now? How did that actually start? Well, you know, Mustang Week kind of started. Well, I don't want to say the event actually started, but you got to think about it. You know, we were some guys in our twenties. We were going to different stuff. Uh, hitting the MCA shows, the Mustang Club of America stuff, uh, the Ford Fun weekends, anything we could find. We also had joined a few clubs here, there, and honestly, none of us really meshed well with the clubs. We we had a different drive. You know, me, for instance, I, I was involved with some clubs that just, you know, they didn't seem to want to do anything. They wanted the glory from the car shows, but didn't want to put the work in. And... We just decided it was time for us to try to do something. So we started doing like little cruise ends. We would host them at a Hooters or back then, you know, you had NASCAR cafes. This is around uh, 2001. And we were pulling a lot of people. It was kind of amazing to see several hundred cars show up. These were held in Greensboro, North Carolina. So Rodney Melton, and that's a guy that owns the actual event, the company, Extreme Productions that puts on Mustang Week. He had kind of always had the idea of doing something like a bike week, but for Mustangs. So, you know, sitting back watching the success that we were having with these cruise ins in Greensboro, uh, give him the uh, confidence for us to try to do this. You know, the first one, uh, we kind of got together and just headed to Myrtle Beach looking for a good time, honestly. And, you know, roughly about 75 cars showed up for the first. Other than Rodney, who and yourself, or were there some other key players, part of that team? Well, initially it was, uh, you know, 
Rodney and I, and, and then the following year we're joined by Brad Worley, Scott Morgan, and uh, Bill Jones, who is no longer with us. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I was kind of curious because you started, as you say, you went to Myrtle Beach. Why Myrtle Beach? Was there a particular reason? I mean, there's nothing wrong with the idea. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious how of a, of the locations how that was chosen. Well, we we love Myrtle Beach. You know, it's a cool area. And, you know, with the event now ending, uh, we've gotten a lot of response. Uh, you, need, you need to move it. We've heard over the years for different reasons. You guys need to move it. You need to go to a different city. Well, I, I mean, no offense to the Charlotte area, but I don't see, you know, someone wanting to have a vacation in Charlotte for a week. We've always thought the success of Mustang Week was doing it in a tourist-type situation where, you know, you can actually have the family vacation, enjoy something else other than a car show. Because when we originally started this thing, that's what we wanted to break away from because, let's face it, most of the uh, Ford Fun weekends were held at a track in the middle of nowhere. Great events, loved them. But for us just getting to do something extra there or having a good time after the fact, it just wasn't there. And that's what we wanted to do is kind of combine a vacation, good time, and with a Mustang show. Honestly, for years, we did not want to have a judged car show. We wanted this thing to be pure fun, but the people just demanded us to have an actual judged car show. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, we put on a couple of shows, or so, a number of shows. We keep them smaller in scale, but we found pretty much the same thing is that they want to have trophies. I hate to say that, uh, but they're very driven that they want to have, you know, trophies. And, you know, I, you know, when we have a smaller car show. You, you, it's hard for us to try to find judges to go out and look at the various cars and start to evaluate them through a judge's eyes. So we do them by public vote, but still it's, it's interesting that you say that. Cause I'm, you know, even on a smaller scale with us, we find the same thing. People like to have, that and I've actually had people come up to me and complain afterwards about how the judging went. It's public. Oh, yes. It's public vote. I have nothing to do with it. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I feel bad for them, but I guess they get pretty competitive, uh, which, which kind of surprised me because Mustang is a hobby and right. uh, it should be for, for fun. And you go out and you you want to look at cars and see what guys have done to the cars because Mustangs can be. You can obviously uh, do so many different things to them. There's so many options out there that you can personalize your car. But I do find myself sometimes kind of wondering a little bit, you know, I, I, why people are so competitive when it comes just to something like that. I, uh, I'm just kind of surprised. Uh, that surprised me. So you mentioned about your volunteers. I want to give them a little shout out if that's okay. How many volunteers, if you don't mind my asking, how many volunteers do you usually end up with uh, for the event? Because I think people will be surpri maybe surprised that number. Well over a hundred. Exactly. <laughs> well over a hundred, and I say over a hundred because it's actually more that sign up, and then you got the ones that sign up that don't show up, or the ones that sign up and get their goodies and just go on about their day. Uh, that happens. Yes, it does. Know? Yes, it does. Oh, absolutely. You know it does. Unfortunately, I hear you. That's. Yeah, and that, to me, that's one of the worst things because it hurts the idea. Um, because if you're going to volunteer, volunteer. But sometimes volunteers feel, well, I'm doing it for free, so it doesn't matter if I show up or not. Right. It right. does matter. It, of course, it matters. So, 
I understand those are those are difficult. Um, those we're all we all have to experience with that. But um, going back to Mustang Week, you obviously you go out to the drag strip. Uh, are you at is that at Darlington or which which drag strip you guys go to? Well, yeah, we it was bounced back and forth. We went to Darlington. That's where most of the testing teams have been held. Um, then also we tried Myrtle Beach. Uh, Myrtle Beach had a little eighth of a mile track. We tried that for a couple years. You know, that just didn't go our way. This year, we will be back at Darlington on Thursday for a test in tune. Um, right now, we're actually working on the rest of the days. We're looking somewhere to have an autocross. 2020 was so disappointing for us because we had in the works what we thought could have been the ultimate autocross. Um, we had had an old abandoned amusement park that we were working with. And I kid you not on this, we were sitting in a meeting in Raleigh, you know, Brad, Rodney, and I looking over the maps, laying out the plan. Rodney's phone rings, and it basically is from one of the guys saying, hey, the property's been rezoned. You can't have your autocross here. Mm. That that was just a major blow to us because we had had so much effort into it. Uh, we knew it was going to be awesome. Great places for like Vaughn getting to drift. Uh, it it was just going to be great. That was just a major setback in uh, twenty for us. That right there. Yeah, that's always unfortunately this happens with the events is that you have some things planned that at the time fall through, and yet no one really knows about it. You know, and it's just, it's just disappointing because of course it doesn't come through come to fruition. But uh, I, I I know how that can be that you have something all in plan and something exciting is going to happen, falls through, doesn't happen, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, no one ever really knew about it because it's just nothing you can promote you can promote as such. So, but don't you also do some open track during Mustang Week? When you say open track, what do you mean? Well, I mean activity wise, one night is autocross and then one night is, is drag racing. Yes, yes. Okay, I wasn't sure about We've that. We've always. Well, when Myrtle Beach Speedway was open before it got torn down, we had, you know, we had fun runs on the actual speedway and the autocross. You know, that property's gone now. Right. Okay. See, that's that's. I've been well. I've been going to Mustang Week for a number of years. I don't. I usually end up there on you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, type of thing. So I, I knew there were some other activities. I was just kind of put that out there so that people listening to the podcast maybe realize that it's actually a full fun week. But the thing I've I've learned, and I actually learned this from you guys, is that you don't have to necessarily, when you have a destination like Myrtle Beach, you don't necessarily have to have something for everybody to do every day. So they can say, you know what, I'm not really interested in drag racing. I'm going to go over and do this and that or whatever. You know, that's the family vacation part that comes into it. And that's actually something I I, I had to learn because I'm used to event-wise. You're only there for one reason, and and that was right because of my sports background. When people come to a game, they're only there for the game. That's what I we would have to work on. We wouldn't think about the we would not think about having them have time to go visit something else in that city. So that was uh, that's something I learned from you guys, and I was I I came to appreciate. It. I thought you know it makes a real family atmosphere to it. it has a family touch to it. Well, you know, for us in Mustang Week and this comes from some of the sponsors and clubs that are involved with the event there is no other event in the world that you're going to go to and do what you can do at mustang week it is non-stop action you can go 
from pretty much that Sunday before the event starts until it ends. I'm talking sun up to sundown. There is something to do. And I've always been so proud of the money that you could spend at Mustang Week is little to none. You know, so much of the stuff you just walk in for free. You know, that's that's always been something I took a lot of pride in. Because I know from the early days of going to different things, what it would cost just to get in a drag strip and try to show a car. It's, you know, it was just crazy. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But that actually kind of leads me then to uh, one of the things also I've been very impressed with, and I'm sure your sponsors are, I assume they are, is your demographics. And I say that because you mentioned earlier with MCA. Uh, MCA has car shows and national shows around the country. But, uh, you know, usually those are a little bit more, uh, you know, truly judged cars. Folks that come to those shows have been doing it for quite some time. But it seems more with Mustang Week, you have a younger demographic. And is that something you hear back from your sponsors, or is that something you guys really try to work towards or market towards? Well, the the I can honestly tell you that I remember seeing the younger guys start coming to Mustang Week. Uh, believe it or not, it came from my presence on Instagram, I feel anyway. Um, when we started, you know, really getting involved with Instagram and doing a lot of that, that's when we really felt the event grow. You could see it. It was amazing. With that being said, though, we teamed up with MCA. They're actually one of our sponsors. Mm -hmm. We sponsor them. We work with those guys. We have courted the classic. We have a reputation of, yes, being a more newer car type show, but we have definitely went after the classic guys. I felt this year looking around that some of the work had paid off because I don't know what you got to see, but it was some of the baddest, uh, you know, classics I'd ever seen. Just awesome cars. Just amazing the caliber of cars that were inside. No, no, no. You're right. In fact, I will tell you that a couple of those cars that you had parked inside when they left, uh, when they left Mustang Week, they came directly to the museum. <laughs> And so we had a couple of them come in to, and, are, and are currently now on display in the museum. Um, so the, when we when we talked with the owners initially, they were like, you know, we would definitely like to have the car in the museum, but let's do it after Mustang Week. Do it after Mustang Week. And so you do have a great mix of cars. And I think because of that, though, you're getting a, a bigger, or I should say a wider range of demographics. Which is, you know, which is because you, you you do get cars from all different areas. I mean, and I say different areas, different generations. You know, so you get a lot, you know, you had Fox bodies this year. Uh, more and more Fox bodies seem to be coming to the event on top of the other classics and the newer cars. And I think the fact that the, you, this is the one show, uh, other than Ford Nationals, I just don't know of any other show that has the depth of uh, vendors that you have or the quality of vendors that you have. And do you think that's a big help, or is that a is that a very important part for people to come, or do you think that's just something that's more important for the vendors to be there to see the people, or the people are more excited to see the vendors? Does that make sense? I'm trying to ask that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it works both ways, really. I'd like to think the average uh, Mustang person walks in and starts walking around. Oh, they're excited to see such and such sponsor. Or, Oh, I order parts from these guys. I actually get to see them now. I, you know, I get to put faces with names and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's a good mix. Our original goal was to turn this thing into a trade show. We had the dream of taking the inside of that convention center 
and basically making it a all Ford Mustang trade show open to the general public for free. You know, I know the excitement of walking into something like SEMA and seeing all that stuff on display. And that was our goal to bring that to the public. And for some reason, we tried it and people just didn't get it. They wanted it to be an indoor car show. You know, the sponsor said, well, I think I'd rather be outside. That's where the crowd is. You know, that was our, our dream for the event, but it just didn't take off. Well, I love that idea. Unfortunately, I can understand those kind of things have challenges because some companies want to be inside. Some people love the idea. Some companies are going to say, no, I want to be outside where the, where the cars are. Um, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough to try to please everybody to try to do an event like that. But I have to say of the events I've, I go to, and I go to quite a few each year, you guys have got a more, a more of a balance than you may realize compared to other shows in that regard so that again with all the activity all the effort and a location that's actually great for families it's got a lot of the right characteristics to to be successful as it has been and uh you guys should be applauded for that i mean it's, it's kind of you know it's worked out where people just think of mustang week as the premier show to go to but um and and, and i have to be honest with you i always appreciate how you've treated us uh, we try to help where we can but I want to get off the subject of Mustang Week for a second and just chat about what do you have for Mustang? Because you guys are Mustang guys, but uh, I, I don't know if everybody knows what you guys have as far as you and Rodney, what you have for Mustangs. Well, me right now have a 1996 Mustang Cobra that I actually purchased from a staff member, Brad Worley. He had owned it for 21 years. Kind of lost interest in the car. Um, I picked it up and kind of doing a few things to make it my car, of course. I'd had an 82 GT that I was actually grooming to be one of the nicest 82 Mustangs in the country as far as a restored car. I had some issues at a body shop. The car just didn't come back um, like I wanted it to. And it was just a battle. And I wound up letting the car go um, and picked up this 96. I also own a 1980 Cobra um, Mustang. That's a lot of people know me for that car. It's a light blue uh, 80 model Cobra. Um, it's got a little V8 in it. A lot of work done to that car. But, uh, you know, like Brad, he has uh, one of the new GT350s. Uh, Rodney, he has several cars. Uh, got one of the Bullet Mustangs. He's got one of the new 350s. He's got it, still has his old 96 color changing Cobra that he painted many, many, many years ago. It's kind of a mystic-looking car, but, um, you know, he's he's lost interest in that. The motor's kind of hurt, and it's it's sitting in a corner of a garage. But, uh, yeah, like you say, we're just we're just enthusiasts at the end of the day that wanted to do something different. Well, I think you did something different, but I think the key is that what you guys did that was different was the same thing that a lot of other people were looking to do. And they weren't interested in going to have a car be judged, or they may not be interested in other types of activities that the car club was doing. You guys went out and did something and made it so that there's active, lots of activity every day to go do something with it. So don't know how to say that. Uh, well done. I mean, it's, it fit a it fits a perfect need and niche because I think that's what happens with sometimes with people they 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 have you know they they have things that they want to do with their car, and I think you guys have right. certainly made that happen. Because, you know, it's spectacular. You have everybody there from Ford, Shelby, uh, Selena's there. Uh, and besides some of the other, you know, strong vendors that you have there, 
uh, from Gateway and such. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really well done. And I know I, I know I look forward to it every year. And I know this year there's been a little bit of a change as far as date and time. So if you don't mind, just let people a heads up uh, who may be listening to the podcast. Let them know about the, a little bit of what you've got planned for a change for the 2022. Well, we decided after our 20th anniversary that we would do one more and we would retire. Um, we just think it's the right move for us. You know, putting on an event of this caliber is a ton of work. It's not our full-time job. This is not what we do for a living. You know, Rodney and I both run our own companies. Brad, he's a geologist. He stays busy as well. You know, it's just three of us right now that put on Mustang Week anyway. You know, once again, I go back to the volunteers. But for the most part, it's just the three of us that plan and put everything together beforehand. But we decided, you know, we caught a lot of grief when we moved it from July to uh, September. And, you know, a lot of people over the years said, I can't come. I can't come because it's in September. My kids are in school. So we made arrangements to have the final one in July. Kind of go back to our old dates. Basically, the dates are July 25th through 31st. And it will be held at the old Myrtle Beach Mall where we used to do things. Of course, the car show will be a little bit more limited. We're working on the rest of the events for the week right now. We have the Beaver Bar uh, locked in for Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to Darlington for the test and tune. And of course, uh, Friday and Saturday at the Myrtle Beach Mall. But we're working on Monday and Tuesday now. With the mall, you made a, you mentioned that it's more limited. Um, do you think one is more well attended than the other, even though you have certain limitations at the mall? Um, I'm just kind of curious between the two. I personally, I like September. The weather's cooler. There's less vacationers there. It's a little easier to get around town. Uh, more comfortable, I should, I guess I should say. And I, I know that's how I feel about it, but I gather that you had a lot of folks that couldn't come because of their families. But was one more well attended than the other overall? Did you did you feel one had more more connection than uh, than the other location? Well, you know, 2018 was our largest year, and that was at the convention center. This year would probably top those numbers. So, you know, yes, it did well in September, but you got to consider every year we grew. So, whether it stayed in July or September, we probably still would have grown. So that, that's a little bit of a tough question to answer. Um, you know, we we caught a lot of grief from moving it from July to September, but that's when we could get the convention center. So we felt like just put it back in July to those people that couldn't come, could now come. So we decided to do the final one like we've always done it. You know, what's our roots? Let's return to our roots and do it one more time. Kind of a farewell party. Well, I'm sure it'll be a party, but it'll be a sad farewell because obviously um, people have, I, I, I have to imagine you've had people go to every single year. Um, oh, yes, and, definitely. And, and not just one or two people, but a lot of people have been there every single year or many that have been there, you know, 10, 15 times or such. And so it's going to be disappointing to, you know, see it kind of uh, if it fades away. But uh, at the same time, we you know, have to respect the fact you guys have done a great job. We've had a lot of fun with it. And uh, no, we we will certainly miss it. So uh, you know, what what else can you say other than let's go have a party? You know, and enjoy. Yeah, it. that's that's <laughs> the way we. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just it's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people are not aware of that just make it really hard to pull off this event that's that's no joke you know you have no idea about the insurance you need permits you need it's it's just a lot to it it's not just show up in a parking lot and hang out i wished it was but it's not well that's so, that, that's the difference between a car show and a car event when you put on a car show you find a spot, you have X amount of parking spaces, you have room for X amount of cars, and it's usually one day. That's it. We're done. You know, we got the cars parked, we go look at them, and that's the end of it. But when you do an event, you've got so many moving parts, you've got so many activities. People don't know. They don't they don't realize that there's certain things can't happen maybe the way they would like to see it happen because there are rules, there are regulations, there are code enforcements, there's all kinds of things that you have to deal with. And you have to do get a lot. You have to get a lot of permission. And these are the kind of events you can't ask for forgiveness, because they ain't gonna give it to you if you mess up. They don't like that. So you got to do it the right way. So I I can feel for what you guys have had to do, because you guys have done a great job with it. And so you know, and Thank you. I, I I can't. Uh, I hopefully will. You know, in the years to come, we'll see you at other car events. Just join it and being. It's, it's being a car guy and going out and looking at cars and just being being one of the guys that are coming to the event to enjoy the event. With that being said, I want to thank you for coming on, Mike, and joining us for, and telling us a little about Mustang Week. I've always wanted to learn more about it, to be quite honest with you. I, I think it's a very impressive event. You guys do a great job. And the thing is, I will say, as you said earlier with your volunteers, I don't know if the word volunteer is the right word for your guys. I think you guys have got a great team. They all seem to be really enjoy what they're doing. They're all on the same page. And I, I, I don't hear many people complain when they come to the event, which is great because you guys do follow through and make things happen so that the guests enjoy making your event as popular as it is. So hopefully we'll see Appreciate you, we'll, we'll see you, uh, see you in July. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for your time. No, thank you. We appreciate it.